In the story of this week's Parsha in regards to Pari's dream, how the sorcerers are not able to solve and to interpret the dream, and then the Torah elaborates at great length how Yosef does interpret the dreams, there are a number of questions that we find in the Mepharshia Torah. Number one, the interpretation that Yosef gives that the seven good cows and the seven healthy stalks of grain, ears of grain, are representing seven years of plenty, whereas the seven meager and ugly cows and the seven empty ears of grain, beaten and dried, etc., are going to represent seven years of famine. Seemingly, this is a very, very simple and obvious way of interpreting the dreams, which you should have been able to understand directly from the dream itself. That is, when you see good-looking and healthy cows, clearly this is a result because there's good produce, there's good grass, there's good grain, and therefore it obviously shows clearly that it's a time of plenty. Certainly when you see the healthy, good-looking ears of grain, it's obviously showing you directly that there's plenty of produce, there's plenty of grain, it's a time of plenty. Conversely, when you see the bad-looking cows, it's showing you that there isn't enough food. And certainly when you're seeing these beaten, empty ears of grain, obviously it's showing it's a time of famine, a time of hunger. So too in regards to the other details of the dream. Pari sees in his dream how the cows are coming up from the river, from the Nile. This is the Nile, the river that irrigates the whole land of Mitzrayim. And it is dependent, the growth of all of the produce, of all of the food of Mitzrayim. So since you first have the good-looking cows and stalks of grain, it's obvious that first there's going to be a time of plenty in Mitzrayim, and plenty of food in Mitzrayim. And then come the cows and the stalks of grain, which are not looking so healthy, clearly this shows in a time of hunger and a time of famine. Furthermore, since both the cows as well as the ears of grain are the number of seven, it clearly shows that it represents seven seasons or seven growths of, 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 uh, of, of the stalks growing. And each one is going to be once a year. That's usually what happens. It grows once a year and it comes as a result after plowing and threshing these fields with the good cows. So basically you have the seven times in seven years. So clearly it represents that we're going to have seven years of plenty. If this is the case, it's completely not understood, says the Rebbe. Number one, how does it make sense that the sorcerers of Mitzrayim weren't able to understand something that seems to be so obvious, so simple? And they were only able to interpret it with ways that was not, as Rashi puts it, their voice was not going into Pari's ears. He wasn't accepting it. It wasn't making sense to him. Number two, why does this show the great Chachma of Yosef that he was able to figure out, he was able to interpret this, what caused Pari to get so excited to the extent that he makes a Mishnah Lamelech second to the king just because he was able to figure out something that seems to be so, so simple. Another question. Right after Yosef finishes telling Pari the interpretation of the dream, Yosef continues and, and, and he says, and specifically emphasizing that this is a continuation, following on from what he just said. It starts with a vav. He's now advising Paroi, and again with a great arichus, that Paroi should look out and should seek people that are going to take care of all the grain of Mitzrayim, etc. And seemingly the question is, why is Yosef suddenly getting involved in matters of the kingdom? Why is he suddenly giving advice? 
all Pari asked him was to interpret the dreams. Pari never asked him for advice of how to run his country. So there are Mephorshim that say that the fact that Yosef added these words, V'ato Yere Pari, is because he's trying to explain to Pari the reason why it is that Hashem had shown you this dream. Asher Ho'elikim Oise. Yosef says, whatever Hashem is doing, he's showing Paroi. Why did Hashem show it to you? It wasn't just for no reason. It wasn't to cause you pain or other reasons. It was for the purpose that you'll do something about it, that you'll go ahead and you'll appoint people to take care of the grain and so on. However, the Rebbe says, this isn't enough of an answer. Because then Yosef should have said clearly that the reason why Hashem is showing you in the dream is so that you should go ahead and do this. But Yosef doesn't say that. It sounds to me that this is Yosef's own addition now. Question number three. Since, as the Pasek says, Vati poem Ruchoi, Paroi was feeling very, very agitated from the fact that he didn't have a interpretation for his dream, and for this purpose, Yosef was pulled out of the pit. So when Yosef now does interpret the dream, what does the Pasek say? Vayitav hadovor. All of this matter was very pleasing to Paroi. What is this referring to? It seems to be the advice that Yosef had just given. Well, shouldn't have it first and foremost said that Paroi was happy that he finally has an interpretation for his dream? And that's not mentioned at all in the Pasek. And finally, the Rebbe asks, and this is very, very surprising, says the Rebbe, since all of these questions are questions in Pshut Mikra, why don't we find that Rashi in his Pirush Alatoira should go ahead and explain it? We know that Rashi is the main, one of the Pashtonim, the one that explained the simple meaning of the Psukim. Rashi will explain to us every difficulty we have in Pshut Mikra. Why doesn't Rashi say anything about these questions? So we must say, either that the answers are so obvious and so simple that Rashi doesn't have to explain it. Alternatively, that somehow Rashi hints to these answers somewhere already. So how do we understand this? Says the Rebbe, we're going to understand it by first explaining something that Rashi says on the words, the ain poiser oisom lefaroi, that there was no one interpreting the dreams to Paroi. Rashi says, poiser say they were interpreting the dreams. Avaloi paroi, but it wasn't for Paroi. In other words, as Rashi goes on to explain, they were saying things that they weren't being acceptable to Pari. They said, Sheva bonesatomoyli, that this dream represents you're going to have seven daughters, and that you're going to bury seven daughters. Says the Rebbe, seemingly it's not understood. Number one, why does Rashi have to tell us what these sorcerers were telling Pari? What their interpretations were? Why isn't it enough just to say what would be relevant to our Pasuk, that they were interpreting it for Paroi, but somehow it wasn't, he wasn't satisfied with it. It wasn't going into his ears, as Rashi says. Why is it relevant to say exactly what they did interpret, what they did say? Question number two. The source for this Rashi, for this idea that they were speaking about seven daughters and so on, comes from the Medrash. In the Pasa, clearly there's no hint for that. But the Medrash tells us us. In the Medrash, it adds something more, because the Medrash says like this, that that was the interpretation for the seven good cows and the seven meager cows. But then the Medrash says, they also said another thing in regards to the seven good ears of grain and the seven bad ones. 
So they translated it as, you're going to be conquering seven kingdoms, and then there will also be seven ministers or seven kings, etc., that are going to rebel against you. Rashi doesn't bring this. Rashi only brings one thing that the Khartoumim said, not both of these ideas, both regarding the seven daughters, as well as the seven kingdoms. Especially that simply it does make sense to say that if Pari has two different dreams, it would seemingly represent two different ideas. And in fact, that's why Yosef has to come along and explain that the reason why you had two dreams, and which is the reason, and if they're both explaining the same ideas, just to tell you that it's going to happen quickly and so on. In other words, it seems to me that the Khartoumim would have been interpreting it as two, meaning two separate things. So why is Rashi only bringing one of the things of the Medrash and not the other? Says the Rebbe, in fact, the truth of the matter is, it's right over here is the key to the answer. In, and, in, fact, in other words, the fact that Rashi chooses specifically the interpretation, this interpretation of these sorcerers, the one about the seven daughters and so on, is because that's the one that actually fits the most with Pshute Shalmikra. And therefore, Apiderach Apshat, that's what the Khartoumim said. That's the only thing that the Khartoumim said, only about the seven daughters, not about the seven kingdoms. And in fact, this is going to help us also understand the mistake that these wise men and sorcerers of Egypt had made, what caused them that they shouldn't interpret the dream in the simple sense, as we said in the beginning, seemingly the dream should have been so obvious that it's referring to seven years of famine and seven years of plenty. This will also now help us understand what was so amazing about what Yosef said. As we'll soon see. Says the Rebbe, based on this, based on this diuk in Rashi, the Rashi only brings this point about the seven daughters, we'll also understand that according to Rashi, we cannot say, as the Medrash, as it's in the Medrash, that the Chidush of Yosef was in the fact that he's, he's telling us, oh, it's really both representing the same idea, these two dreams, other than what the Khartoumim thought, according to the way the Medrash sees it, that they thought it represents two different things, and they need two separate interpretations, and this is why they were not interpreting it in the simple sense, but according to Rashi, that's not the case. Because what does Rashi say? Rashi says clearly that all they said was, you're going to have seven daughters, and you're going to bury seven daughters. He does not come along and add another interpretation for the other dream. What does this tell us? That according to Rashi, in Pshutei Shal Mikra, we're not speaking about the Medrash, but in Pshutei Shal Mikra, the Khartoumim also understood that both sets of dreams are really representing the same idea. The Abarbanel adds the following point, and he says that the difference between the Khartoumim and Yosef was in the general way of looking at these dreams and interpreting them. That is, if the Khartoumim knew how it works usually with dreams and interpreting dreams, that a dream is coming from some sort of imaginary process, an illusion that's happening by the person, and the things that he's seeing in a dream are only an analogy, are only an imitation, are only a copy, not directly things that are actually happening, they're only going to be something similar to certain things that are supposed to happen. And therefore, they that's exactly the reason why they did not translate the dream in the simple sense 
that it's referring to years of famine and, and plenty, etc. Rather, they interpreted it as a marshal, as a parable, as a hint for seven daughters or the seven kingdoms and so on. Because they understand that dreams are not to be taken very, very simple and literal. In other words, the whole point is that it has to be a little bit off, a little different to what it seems obvious. Whereas Yosef understood in Ruach HaKodesh, not, he's looking at it not only with the regular way of interpreting dreams and a regular system of interpreting dreams. Yosef knows that the truth is that in this particular dream, it is different than different other dreams. Other dreams may only be illusions and copies and analogies and so on. But Yosef understands that this dream is actually a specific notification coming from Lamaila. And therefore, Yosef understands that in this particular case, the cows and these stalks of grain are to be taken in the simple sense that it's referring to years of plenty and years of famine. However, the Rebbe says, the problem is that in Derech HaPshat and Pshut HaShomikra, and especially in Rashi Alatoira, we don't find anywhere that there should be different kinds of dreams and different ways of interpreting the dreams. Especially, says the Rebbe, when we start comparing it to other places in Torah, places earlier in the Torah where we find dreams, and they are translated quite simply and literally, not only in far hints and allusions and so on. And the Rebbe gives some examples. Number one, the Rebbe says, the dream of Yaakov. Vayacholim, he has a dream with his ladder standing on the ground, the head reaching the heavens. Malachim of Hashem going up and down. And this dream was is, is in the simple sense, the idea, the Malachim that had accompanied Yaakov in Eretz Yisrael until Chutzlaretz were now going up to Shamayim on that ladder. And the Malachim of Chutzlaretz are now coming down to accompany him in Chutzlaretz. Another dream that Yaakov has. This is the famous story with all the sheep that he was taking care of in the house of Lavon. So he sees these goats, the male goats, that are coming to be with his sheep, and the different striped kind of sheep, and so on and so forth. And again, that dream represented something that actually happened. Where there were certain sheep coming over from Lovin in a miraculous way, being brought to his own sheep, and then they were being together and so on. Furthermore, the Rebbe says, and this one is even closer in a certain sense to what we're talking about over here, very similar to what we're talking about over here, we have the dreams of Yosef. Whereas, uh, where he says to his brothers that we were uh, gathering and, and, and binding these sheaves in the field, how my sheep gets up and your sheaves are surrounding it and bowing down. What do the brothers understand? They understand this simply and literally, that they're going to come and bow down to him. And that it's going to be something to do with sheaves, something to do with grain. And so to the second dream that he has. So therefore we see that there's no problem interpreting dreams in the simple and literal way. And certainly the Rebbe says, Al derech apshat, to interpret the dreams that it's referring to seven years of plenty and famine in the simple sense, and that it's going to be relevant to all of Mitzrayim, is much, much simpler and more logical at first glance than to say that it's a dream only relating to Paroi, and only in this far-off, sort of a hinting type of way, something to do with daughters and kings, and so on and so forth. Says the Rebbe, the explanation of all of this goes as follows. The main difficulty and the problem in the dream 
which caused that the Khartoumim should not actually be able to solve the dream, to be able to understand it in the simple sense, that the good cows represent plenty and food and so on, is actually in the continuation of the dream where it says that Paroi sees seven cows coming up after the first seven cows from the river, looking very, very bad and thin and so on. And the Pasuk describes the the second set of cows as standing near the first set of cows at the edge of the river. And here is the question. If the seven cows would show, represent, for another seven years that are going to follow the first seven years, how does it make sense to say that they're standing there together with the first seven cows? Which seemingly, this should have been seven years that are gone already. Usually the way it works is you have one year that comes after the previous year is gone and so on. And this is why the Khartoumim, this is why the sorcerers came up with a solution, with an interpretation, to suggest that it's possible to have these two sets of seven at the same time. What do they say? You're going to have seven daughters and you're going to bury seven daughters. It's in this way of interpreting the dream that you can have both things at the same time. Seven daughters being born along with seven, burying seven daughters. How does that make sense? Because in those days, especially a king, especially Pari Melech Mitzrayim, a king in the land of Mitzrayim, where as we know, there were Shtufei Zima filled with Znus. So he would have had a number of wives, a number of Pilakshim, and therefore it's very, very possible to be giving birth, to be having seven daughters, and at the very same time, to be burying seven daughters, not the same seven daughters, not the same daughters that are being born, another seven daughters. Furthermore, the Rebbe says, the Pasuk speaks about the seven cows swallowing the first seven cows, or the seven sheaves following the first seven. What would that mean? Very simple, that the pain, the sorrow of the seven daughters that he's burying is sort of swallowing up, consuming all of the simcha of the seven daughters that are being born. That's why Rashi brings this pshat, which would fit very, very well. As opposed to the pshat that the Medrash brings regarding the seven kings conquering and seven kingdoms conquering and seven kings rebelling and so on, this is something very, very uncommon that it should be at the very same time both things happening. As it's understood that usually a king is not going to have war with seven different kingdoms at the same time. First he conquers one country, then another one, and so on and so forth. Says the Rebbe, this is why Rashi brings this interpretation of the, of the, of the Khartoumim, of giving birth to seven daughters and burying seven daughters. And he doesn't just say, as we asked before, why couldn't Rashi just say that he, they said things that Pari wasn't happy with. Because with this Rashi is hinting and emphasizing the reason why it is that they were not interpreting the dream simply. Again, that it's referring to lots of food and and famine, as Yosef interpreted. But because their whole issue was that they were looking for an interpretation which would justify why these two things are happening at the same time. And that would make sense if we're speaking about sets of children. Says the Rebbe, now we can also understand what the Chiddush of Yosef was. And that this particularly is the whole point that Yosef is trying to explain. And in fact, this is why, 
immediately after he explains what's happening in the dream, according to the simple sense of the dream, that the seven good cows and the seven good stalks are referring to seven years of plenty. plenty. And on the other hand, the thin ones, the meager ones, are referring to seven years of famine. This is why he explains immediately how it is that Paroi sees them standing the same time together, that the good cows are standing next to the bad cows. And this, which as we said before, this is why the Khartoumim are the ones that are looking for another solution. What does Yosef say? Yosef is now saying, not as a separate thing, I'm coming to give you advice. Rather, this is part of, and a very integral and important part of the solution, of the interpretation. What does Yosef say? The Ato Yere Pari. Pari should now go out and look and seek for a clever person. The Yafkid Pkidim Alaretz should appoint people over the land of Mitzrayim during the years of plenty to gather all of the food, to gather all of the grain, that this could all be put in reserves for the time when there will be a famine. This is going to help us and explain how we have the two sets of seven years at the same time. How is that? If right at the beginning of the seven years of plenty, we're starting to be concerned about the time of the seven years of famine, how are we doing that? By gathering right now and filling storehouses of grain for those years of hunger, that means that during the time of the plenty, along with them, standing at the same time, like the sets of cows, standing at the same time, right now we have already in our minds, in our thoughts, in our feelings, and even in our actions, we're already doing things and being concerned with the seven years of famine. And so to the other way around. When the years of famine come around, right now it's as if at the same time we have the seven years of plenty because we have food right now from the seven years of plenty. Says the Rebbe, now we understand why the Apostlech says, What was good in the eyes of Pari? What was he pleased with? The advice. We asked before, why doesn't it just say he was pleased with the actual solution? That he's pleased. And why Pari is praising him and saying, You're so clever and so smart. And again, not even emphasizing so much the idea of interpreting the dream. Because the great Chachma of Yosef was not in the interpretation in itself. That the seven good cows represent seven years of plenty. As we said before, you don't need to be so smart to figure that out. That seems to be very, very obvious. The Chachma of Yosef was, the Chiddush of Yosef was, that with his intelligence, with his Chachma, he was able to connect the seven years of plenty, the seven years of famine in his interpretation, explaining how they go together, how these two times, these two eras go together, and in this way specifically to to confirm the truth of this particular interpretation. Or to put it slightly in other words, in the words, a novoin v'chacham kamoicha, when he says there is no one as smart as you, why? Because through this use, you had shown that the, in, in the dream itself, in the dream itself was shown not only what Hashem is going to do, that He's going to bring years of plenty and years of famine, but the dream itself is showing what Pari needs to do. That Pari is going to have to now make sure that the grain is gathered and so on and so forth, and that that's hinted within the dream itself by the fact that the two sets of cows are standing there at the same time. The Rebbe now turns to Pnimi Yisrael and Yonim and what this all means. The Rebbe says the dreams of Paroi and the interpretation of Yosef are really the cause in the beginning of Golos and then of course of Geulas Mitzrayim as it's understood, also simply, 
because this led that Yosef becomes now the ruler in Mitzrayim. This causes eventually Yaakov and his children coming down to Mitzrayim. So from this we understand that the whole idea of the dream and its interpretation in it is hinted and expresses the idea of Golus and Gula. The explanation is as follows. It's explained in Chesidus on a posseg, B'shuv Hashem es shivas tziyoyin ho'yinu kecholmen. That Golus is in, compared to a dream. Just like in a dream, you can have two opposite things coming together at the same time. So too, by the Yidden in the time of Golus, that you can have two opposite things within a person's conduct. You can have on the one hand, Avotelikus, he loves godliness. This is during davening. And at the same time, right after davening, he's suddenly very preoccupied with all of his business, his dealings, his work throughout the day. And therefore, the idea of the dream of Pari, which shows, again, at the beginning, the whole idea of Golos, here we saw clearly this idea of two opposites coming together. How you have these two sets of cows standing right next to each other. The seven years of plenty together with the seven years of famine. Because in addition to the fact that the whole idea of time generally works, the one thing comes immediately following the other, but over here specifically, and in other words, and therefore it's, it's very, how do you have two sets of times at the same time, so that's already two opposites, but here even more so, these are two opposites also in what the times represent. There's years of plenty and years of famine, and yet they're coming at the very same time. And again, what do they hint to? These two opposite ideas. On the one hand, the avatelikus, which would be hinted in the idea of the years of plenty, in the, in the godly sense, in other words, avatelikus. On the other hand, the years of famine, a time when a person is troubled and worried about parnosa. So now that we understand what the dream is, we can now understand that what is Yosef's main interpretation of the dream, as we explained till now, the main focus was how he manages to combine these two opposite, opposites and explain how they go together. How do we understand this? So it's explained in Chassidus that the reason why Yosef specifically is the one that interprets dreams is as follows. Even though the obvious and simple reason, the revealed reason, that we have that during sleep, during a dream, we can have these two opposites coming together is because the seichel is not working then functioning in its optimal level. Rather, we have what we call koyach hamadama. The person is imagining, the person is having illusions, and so on. So too in the time of Golos, this is a time where we don't have the moichin al the levels of intellect shining down, specifically of the neshama. So that's why it's more like a time of a dream. But the pnimius dika reason really behind what's going on over here is that really what's happening at the time of Golos is that really there's even a higher level that's shining higher than the time when there was no Golos. And Chassidus calls us the levels of Igulim. Igulim literally means like a circle. In other words, a level that's such a great art that's all-encompassing. A level where there is no division between up and down and so on. Just like in a circle in the simple sense that doesn't have a beginning and an end. And that's the real thing that's available in the time of Golos. And as a result of this, this is expressed in the concept of a dream. In other words... Not the time when a person is having all of his chachma, all of his seichel. As far as intellect and intelligence is concerned, you will have division, you'll have levels. What's higher, what's lower, things don't go together. But in the dream, in the time of Golas, this is specifically when you have a time where there seems to be no ischalkos and everything goes beyond all sorts of definition. And this is the idea 
that Yosef specifically is the one that interprets dreams, because the Shairish of Yosef is in this place called Igulim, in this all-encompassing light. And therefore he has the Koyach to remove the concealment, the covering, in the place where the Igulim could come down into. In other words, he could bring about, he could show in a revealed way down here what's in the Shairish Lomailah. That it shouldn't be just covered over and we don't know what's flying in the state of a dream, but really to explain what it's all about, showing what it is really in the higher source that really we're speaking about a, a level and a high level where you have all the opposites coming together. Says the Rebbe, now we can understand why the main solution, interpretation of Yosef was about combining these two opposites. The seven years of plenty, the seven years of famine. Because it's specifically in this idea that's expressed the whole point of what a dream is all about. As we said, the level of Igul in this all-encompassing light, which based on that, from that perspective, there are no opposites and no differences. And Yosef's epistle and Yosef's interpretation gives the Koyach for the Gula, that is, that we should be able to take off all of the concealments, all of the coverings of the dreams, which the way it's in Golas, and it should be revealed what it's really all about, that really what a dream was all about, the panemius of it was really coming because of a level of makifim and igulim, these very high levels as they are on their own. Which of course the shleimus in this is going to be la'asad lavoi. When it will be fulfilled the promise of li'ikonif oid mo'irecha, that no longer will Hashem, your teacher, be hidden from you. It will be without any coverings. And by yoimo yi Hashem echad, kashem shani nichtov kachani nikra, that just the way, the way Hashem is written, that's also the way he's going to be called.